Welcome to the In the Limelight podcast. I'm your host, Clarissa Bird, and every week I bring you great information from fabulous people that I get to meet all over the world. I interview public figures, influencers, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, millionaires, and moguls that share their know-how, tipping points, pivotal moments, and life lessons. I promise you educative, empowering, and entertaining conversations with entrepreneurs that have a social conscience. Don't forget to find me on social. You can find me pretty much everywhere. Facebook, it's Clarissa Burt Official. Also sign up for my newsletter at clarissaburt.com. That way you can keep abreast of the In the Limelight media as it's coming out. And you'll be getting my weekly newsletter along with the In the Limelight magazine every quarter. Check out inthelimelightmedia.com. Hello and welcome to Bookish Meet the Authors. My name is Nisa Goto and joining me today is Dina Goldstein to talk about her book, OK Little Bird. Hi, Dina. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me today. I'm excited to talk to you about your book. But what inspired you to write this book? Um, was it, um, well, what was unique about your relationship with your father? So my dad and I were very close and I know a lot of kids have really close relationships with their parents, but my father was a really quirky, super funny guy. He had a very irreverent sense of humor. Oftentimes he was unfiltered, (laughs) um, which didn't come into play till I was older, but um, yeah, no, we just had a great relationship. And uh, when he got older, you know, we live um, close by or we did live close by to each other, his health declined. And navigating that process was really interesting because when you have things happen to you in life that you just, even though you know they're out there and they're going to happen, you don't, it's different when it happens. And I just, I, um, you know, a few weeks before he died, um, I don't want to give spoiler alerts, but, um, you know, I became Little Bird and it's something, a, a switch flipped. And I started writing. I wrote, I started writing the day before he died and I didn't stop. I picked my head up and the next thing I know, that's how the book was born. And it just, there was so much to tell um, that's really universal, not just it's told through my story, but so many people can relate to what they go through with their parents and loved ones that go through this process. Yeah. And um, how long ago did your dad pass away? And sorry for your loss. So yeah, it's been about a year and a half. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. And I, and I literally lost track of time writing because what's interesting is I didn't realize that was part of my grief process. It seems like Mm -hmm. an obvious thing, but I just poured myself into the book. There was so much to unpack going backwards and then forwards. Readers will, you know, go back and forth. And uh, yeah, I lifted my head up and I was like, okay, I think I can do this now, you know, a year and a half later. So yeah, no, I mean, I I get that. I, my dad passed away five years ago now I'm sorry thank you but it's always it's it seems like a blur but unlike you I don't think I've had actual time to grieve so I have to I actually have to find what for me is that thing of finally coming to terms with it because everyone grieves differently right not everyone does it at the same time and everyone I just didn't have the opportunity my my dad and I worked together so it was like I lost my part my business partner my my mentor and my dad all at once that's so hard. And you know what? You're so right. Everybody grieves differently. And sometimes you don't have time. You're just, your life goes yeah. on and you're in the midst of it. And next thing you know, you turn around. And, and, and the thing about this book is, is it in sitting down and reading it, you literally go through your own process. It opens up doors. I've talked to people that have read it who said, oh my gosh, I just sort of relived an experience that I wasn't really in touch with yeah. till it happened. And I felt kind of 
you know, cleansed, if you will, at the end. So yeah, at some point you'll go through that and it might be hard, but when you get on the other side, you'll feel a little bit lighter, you know, having the ability to look back because it sounds like he played a really important role in your life. I see it more and more as time goes on, but I feel like this book is that it's what you said. It's everyone grieves differently, but you were lucky enough to have that, that creative outlet to grieve. And it's sometimes not always the easiest way to find your in, in, into grieving because it's not right. a, it's not a process that everyone, it's not like how it is in the movies. Everyone is different. Everyone exactly. has a different way of grieving. Right. It can affect you in different ways. I still watch TV shows or a movie and I start crying and it's nothing, nothing, not the show itself doesn't do anything, but it's something that reminded me, or I just felt this connection, whatever it is, but it it's brings something process. up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Not everybody has a creative outlet. Most people don't sit down and like, you know, I'm, I'm a multimedia artist. That's I've painted my whole life. I, I mean, I've written since I was a little kid, but if you told me two years ago, I was going to write a book, I would have been like, okay, ha ha ha. I, I just never occurred to me. But when I, when you're inspired, yeah, you do things that maybe you wouldn't think of. And so you don't know what your inspiration will be. And it might be through your business or whatever connected you. Yeah. So, and you're right. There's no right or wrong. It's just, everybody goes through it differently. Yeah. And, but did you have a good relationship with your mom as well? Oh yeah. She and I are very close and a great relationship with my whole family. It's something about me and my dad. We were like, just kismet. I mean, we were just joking and playful and we did stuff together. And now if you ask my brother and sister, they would tell you it was like, we were raised in a different household. I love that. I have an older brother and an older sister. Yes. And it was just, it just was different. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. So what, what made, but what made you think allowed you to have a closer relationship than them? Like what was, cause again, every, that makes sense that each person has a different relationship, right? Each kid is different. Each personality is right. different. Each person has a different relationship, even between your friends and your family, you always have right. a different relationship with, um, with someone because you are a different person. You, not everyone is uniform. So, but what do you think made your relationship allowed you to have, be a, have a close relationship with your dad than they did? Um, so my dad was very stern. He had a very uh, strict, proper upbringing. And so he was very strict. At the dinner table, there were a lot of rules. You didn't have your elbows on the table. I still do that, even though I wasn't supposed to, but that's okay. Old habits die hard. Just little things. We were, you know, everything was proper at the table. And for my older siblings, I believe they were held more accountable. And by the time I came along, because I'm the youngest one, it was sort of like, I just kind of got in his face. I was not intimidated. I mean, he was not a threatening person. He just was kind of like, uh, he could get irritable, you know, kind of like grumpy old men, irritable, nothing, you know, but nobody wanted to tangle with the tigers. So they just, everybody would mind their P's and Q's. And I just sort of opened my mouth because I'm just, I was just like that with him. For example, you know, cleaning the kitchen at night go in the kitchen and I would trot out of the kitchen and start entertaining them with impersonations and crazy stuff. And the next thing you know, the kitchen's cleaned. I was not involved. My, my brother and sister were like, oh my God, why are you out here? You're supposed to be in here. If I did that, I would get in trouble. And I just, I played and I pushed his limits. And he just, as I saw his resolve to just do anything about it, kind of crumble, I pushed more and more. And I think that it allowed me to get to a side of him that other people didn't see, which was this really sensitive, fun, loving side. Other than that, he was like this tough, funny guy. 
and he had so much below that, but if you didn't kind of push the envelope with him, maybe you wouldn't know that. And that, and that's what I did. And I, it never occurred to me to be any other way. It's just the way that I was with him. I just, yes. I, it, the, the irritability didn't bother me. Yeah. But that's, it's, it, but it's interesting when you, everyone has like, that's why sometimes when you hear a story, you have to be careful what you hear because everyone has their own it's their perception it's their viewpoint so you had a very different viewpoint maybe you making doing all of that took the pressure off of him paying attention to your brother and sister so they could do this stuff possibly so that way they could do it their way without him telling him no that's wrong that's right do it this way do it this way you distracted him right exactly and i'm sure the thank you notes are in the mail right now as we speak (laughs) thank you for doing that you know what? You're right. Each person is different and each person elicits a different response. Like you said, whether it's a friend, a parent, a sibling, and they're not right or wrong. They're just, they're just different. And I don't know what it was. We just had this connection and we would laugh and we did stuff together. And I just, I adored him. And, you know, he made me feel like there was nothing I couldn't do. I could just jump to the moon and back. He Mm -hmm. always made me feel like I could do whatever I, I, set my mind to. And, you know, I had challenges in school and stuff like that. And he never made me feel bad about that. He just always kind of championed my strengths. So that's great. And I think he might've done that for your siblings too. It was just different than how he did it. He did. He did. He was, he was a supporter of both of them and so proud of them. And he loved us all. We just had different types of relationships with them. I think that's, I think that's how most people say that, right. When they talk about their parents, everyone has a different relationship, which is why right. it's hard to like some siblings, like, do you don't like one, like one had a really good one, one did it. And then they're going to complain. The other one's like, I don't want to hear about this is wrong. But like, well, that was your right. point now. <laughs> right. Or get, or get jealous or feel bad that they, mm-hmm. you know, it, the love was there. It was never a matter of that. And it wasn't a matter of being proud. It just, we were just different people that brought out different stuff in my dad. Yeah. So, yeah. And when you learned he was dying, which I know it's, it's the toughest thing to learn. Um, how did you cope? So, uh, probably, you know, he used to joke around all the time. We'd have family dinners and he, Hey, don't, don't, you know, in a, in a Jewish, um, when somebody passes away in the Jewish religion, you have people over and there's food and they call it a Shiva. I've heard of that. And, I've at least okay, heard that. So, so it, and, and he said he would joke around, don't serve this food at my, my Shiva. This is the worst food I've ever had. I'm like, okay, really dad, can we not talk about what we're serving when you pass away? Like I couldn't even really deal with it. And my family was wondering what was going to happen. Was I going to really fall apart? I was wondering the same. And suddenly when you're faced with something like this happening, you just, you don't even think about it. All you can think about is being there for the person. And I remember just watching it kind of happen. And it was fast, but it was slow right in front of me. And all I knew was that there was never going to be a moment where he felt alone, that he was going through it alone. Um, I didn't, I couldn't take away from him feeling scared or sad, but I could just let him know every step of the way that he was loved. And I was here for whatever he needed. And I, I just never thought of anything differently. I put my own emotions aside and at one point he had to go into a group home at the end of his life because he needed the kind of care my mother wasn't able to provide. It was medical care. And um, I would go visit every day. It didn't matter what was going on with work or what have you. I'd go in there and I'd visit and I'd drop off milkshakes and I, you know, whatever. Sometimes it was sitting there just breathing because he couldn't talk, but it didn't matter. He knew that I was going to come out and then COVID hit and we were not allowed there. 
And I thought to myself, oh my God, what am I going to do now? Like a million people, these stories you hear in the news, I was just another story. Can't get to a loved one. They're, they're alone. It's scary. And, and he didn't have COVID, but we were a part of that, you know, pandemic picture. So we found ways, um, you know, eventually toward the end to see him, but we missed a lot of time, which was really upsetting. But yeah, that's, I think that's the worst part is that is missing that time. Right. Yeah. Because at the end, all you have is that time and to make sure you have the memories. Cause, um, as my sister pointed out, cause we were there when my dad passed away. Once he was gone, that was just a body. Like you, the spirit was gone. It was just like, but we got to say, we got to say goodbye, mm-hmm. but it's, you want to make sure you have the memories and all of that with you, because that's, what's going to carry it. And I regret not having a recording of my dad's voice. That's the one thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. But you know, you have it in your memory. Yeah. You just don't have it to, to replay it. And yeah. you know, but it's hard. You want to yeah. capture those pieces. I know it's, it's hard. You, you know, I talk about sitting there trying to drink it all in and, and, and get to be present, uh, but it's hard to be present when you're like also worried. Exactly. You're worried. You're thinking, you're thinking about your family. I, you know, I was thinking about my mother, you know, yeah. I had to take care of her and, the one thing that that took me through this entire process was the gift of humor that he gave me. The everybody, every member of my family will tell you he was the funniest guy they ever met. He would crack jokes at the most inappropriate times. Sounds and like my dad. Funny, just you know. But his sense of humor became like my life raft going yeah. through this because yeah. even when I would go visit him, he was like all right, anything funny happened today? And we would sit and we, I would have that spark of my dad, you know, while he was still kind of there a little bit. And, and after he passed away, I would hear him saying ridiculous things in my head at ridiculous times. And I would laugh out loud. And I think to myself, thanks dad. He kind of flipped it on end. And, and I think humor is a super important tool in coping with even the most unimaginable no, situations. No, yeah, there is, there is something to be said about humor and I and it's always I, the, I like the people who say well, when they pass away don't grieve remember the good stuff be do something joyous because you're remembering right. their life I mean yes you're going to be sad but the point of it is to bring the stories of that's how you bring them back to life is those stories that right. make you laugh that make you smile exactly. that keeps you with them and that that's what we do we retell stories and and I mean and the jokes and and if you read this you'll, you'll, you'll laugh and then you might cry and then you'll laugh and, and, or you cry and I'm, laugh at the same time, or you're crying and laugh at the same time. And usually when I'm doing that, I have about a half a pound of M&Ms. Um, I did <laughs> when I wrote the book, but, but you, the beauty of it is, is I want people when they read it to know that you can go through a difficult journey and it's okay to laugh. It's okay. That's a release, right? Yeah. It's okay to laugh. And like you're talking about you're because you're reflecting back and as you reflect back, you know, you're, you're, it's a journey and yeah, you're left with all the good stuff, even though there's some sad stuff, you're, you're left with the good stuff. And that's what you want to, you know, try and capture and hold on to. Yeah. Is that what you want to take away from the book laughter and that it's okay to remember, or is there something else you're like, no, no, I want people to take this message away. Um, You know, there's a few things I want people to take away the fact, you know, my father said to me when he was very ill, and I said, I remember sitting down with him saying, it'll be okay, dad. And he looked at me and we were always joking. So for him to turn and kind of look at, look at me in a serious way, I knew he meant business. And he said, 
things are not going to be okay, Dina. You, if you want to, if you want to help me out, let me know you'll, you're there to support me. And so after that, I learned that what he needed was not me to go, oh, it'll be okay, which is really brushing it under the rug. Mm -hmm. He just wanted to know that I was there for him. And I was, and I want people to know that even when things seem like they're not going to be okay, they, they get to be okay. I, I, I always tell people there's joy, even in darkness. Mm -hmm. And I want people to, to take away from little bird that you can go through a difficult challenge and you can still feel and laugh and live and be okay on the other side of it. You do get through it. It was the most painful experience in my life. There's not a second that goes by. I don't think about him. I mean, I just, you know, he was like a best friend. Mm -hmm. And I want people also to know that, that you're right. These people live within, with, live within us. Mm -hmm. So you kind of take their stories. And, mm. um, you know, one thing that's in the book is my father always championed my strengths. And I want people to know that they are perfect the way they are, not because they have to change or not because they have to be different or do better. They're perfect the way they are. And that's important to me. That's how I grew up. And if I can inspire people to feel good as is, then I'm happy as a clam. Cause it's really important. It made such a difference for me. They just embraced my spirit and let me be whatever I was, even though maybe it didn't fit the mold in school or what have you. So, yeah. yeah. It makes me think of a quote from a uh, WandaVision. What is grief if not love persevering? Oh, great quote. It's actually kind of true if you think about it. The fact that you grieve is because you love that person. You miss that person. There was a connection right. to it. Right. So. They're one, they're one in the same. I mean, I, you know, you can be sad and joyful all in the same moment. Mm -hmm. It's it's hard. It's 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 like the peak of emotion. And it's yeah. it's it and it's overwhelming. It and it doesn't really it never goes away. You just learn to it, it just become it just I don't know how to explain it, but it doesn't like, it's never going to be easy that he's gone. It's never going to right. be easy, but you learn to focus on the good and not on the fact that they're not around anymore. You, it, there's still going to be moments where you fluctuate and come back and right. But, um, but it's, but like, I, but like you said, it all, you have to remember that you did the love and that you have a part of them with you. Oh. it's it's it becomes the new normal like you wonder yeah. how you're going to get through a day a week and then next thing you know you turn around it's a year you know and you just somehow you know that the the that the gifts and the and the tools that they put in your emotional tool toolkit yeah growing up are with you and that's how you function in life so really they're they're very much a part of you you don't even have a choice about it you know it's like i talk about in the book in there's a chapter called incoming one-liners mm -hmm. and the first time I went to visit my father at the cemetery, I thought, oh my God, this is like the most awful thing. I, I don't even want to be here, you know? And, and a cemetery is an awkward place anyway. Do, do you mm -hmm. talk? Do you, what do you do? Do you, I mean, it's weird. Do you sit? Do you not walk here? Anyway, and all I could think of was, you know, I guess I'll just stand here and talk to dad. So I, I looked down and they didn't have his stone yet. It was being made and they had this teeny little index card. And all I could think of was my father going, oh, that's nice. I lived 85 years and all I can do is put a stinking index card with my name on it. That's nice. If a bird poops on it, maybe somebody will be able to find me. And, and that's what I heard. And suddenly this moment that was so difficult for me, I was laughing out loud. And I just kind of looked up and said, thanks dad, because 
because that was him helping me cope. I, I really think so. Yeah. And I get those one-liners all the time, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, that was my question. It actually fits perfectly is do you find yourself now realizing all the traits you got from him? Like the little things go, Oh yeah, I'm definitely his daughter. Do you notice oh, yes. that more? Oh yes. Like I'm sure you hear your dad coming out of your mouth, talking to people or in a business transaction. My dad, I mean, his facial expressions, I actually happen to be like a stunt double. I just, I look like him. He just had a lot shorter hair. I look like him. My mannerisms, just the, the way that I see the world is a little bit wry and irreverent like his was. And yeah, so it makes me laugh. It makes me feel good. And it makes me feel like he's with me all the time. So yeah, it kind of gives you a set of lenses to look at the world with. And it's really cool. It's like having different sets of contact lenses, right? Yeah. Whoever the people that come into your life, they leave something with you. And Mm -hmm. when you have those lenses on, you're kind of seeing the world, you know, through, through them. So yeah. And I hope he'll leave a little bit of that with everybody because humor is so important in life. Oh, yeah. it's, it's ins- my dad was huge at humor. My dad, my, my dad was, he was. That, yeah. Um, someone joked once said that once he got up, when, when, once he got up to heaven, he's like, I probably St. Peter's like, oh man, this guy with all the jokes, here he comes, or whatever it was. I forgot <laughs> what it was, but it was the fact right. that everyone's like, now there's no way to remember the joke because he was constantly cracking jokes. I was the one when I was little was not amused. <laughs> when I was going, little, Come I was like, on, dad. Right. Yeah. But as I got older, I recognized it, but it's the thing that the first thing people bring up is his kind heart and the humor. Like humor, I realize is a very big, is impactful and definitely making people remember you because it brings joy. It, it, it absolutely does. And especially in our world today, mm-hmm. if you can make somebody laugh or smile, I'm all for it, yeah. you know? And, and humor, it's just, it's, I've watched him go through terminal diagnosis before he passed away. He had so many illnesses he, I mean, he'd go in, he went in for open heart surgery and beforehand the nurses were coming in and said, okay, we need to get your, your weight and your height. And I, if he didn't give three different numbers to three different sets of triage nurses. So the family just did an average, eh, we're going to guess he weighed about this much. I mean, he was, he could, he could flip fear into laughter. Yeah. And, 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 you know, when I've been in in situations where I felt scared, Mm -hmm. I, I, I crack jokes yeah. and, and my daughter, my, my, my daughter's got a similar sense of humor. The whole family's been infused with his funny sense of humor. Um, and it's, and everybody will tell you, it's been a great tool in their life. Yeah, it is. So, um, so where can people find you in your book? So, um, okay, little bird. So this is what it looks like. It's a beautiful and cover. Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's my dad. He was a cowboy. Uh-huh. And so you'll see his hat. Um, there's some funny horse horse anecdotes in there. Um, but it's on Amazon right now, uh, oklittlebird.com. Uh, the soft cover releases on February 28th, but you can pre-order now. And for people that do pre-order a soft cover that want to message me on Facebook, a copy of their confirmation, I will send them a custom signature card. Because of the pandemic and the need to be safe from crowds and things like that, we're not doing signings. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sending out custom signature cards. Um, so great. please let me know. And um, I have book club kits available with really great, interesting uh, moderator packet for you know, Q&A and stuff like that. So, and then um, after Amazon, it'll be on Barnes & Noble and worldwide at different outlets. That's awesome. And where can people find you? your social media. So, uh, you can find me on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter. 
And um, I also have an art website, www.dinasart.com. And um, there's information about OK Little Bird on there as well. So uh, yeah, reach out if they have questions, they want to talk or share an anecdote about something with their parents and their experience. I'd love to hear it. Well, thank you, Dina. It was wonderful having you on the show. I really enjoyed it. And I wish you continued success and that your book reaches as many people and helps them go through whatever it is that they're, that they're going through with grief and loss. And um, thank you everyone for joining me on Bookish Meet the Authors. Uh, see you next time. Bye-bye for now. Thank you so much. Take care.